Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio. My name is Stacy Webb, and I am coming to you from backintime.biz. Um, we have a show here called Legacy and Identity um, from Blog Talk Radio, where we meet every second and fourth Thursday. But we kind of got off um, schedule a little bit because... Um, Scott Sewell usually hosts the show, but I'm filling in for him. Um, he's got a lot going on at home, and he's busy um, working and um, fortunately looking for another job. And um, so I'm going to be filling in for a little while until he gets resettled there in Florida. And um, today is a really exciting show because we are actually going to do a – a, a scheduled show that was for last week um, with Kevin Slayton, and I'm so excited to um, introduce him to you. Um, I'm going to go through some of the updates that we have because we've got a lot going on with the Goins book. And I know that um, so many people have been, um, we have really worked hard and diligently on this book. We have met for um, two years now, um, quite often to discuss, you know, between the writers and the descendants, um, the new DNA findings, because they have been um, extremely exciting. And I know that I have talked about those DNA um, findings through the male line. And, and so I wanted to be explicitly clear on the fact that the why DNA matches were exact matches between the Goins, G-O-Y-E-N-S family, the Powell family, who um, are, are reputed descendants of Osceola, or William Billy Powell, the great Seminole resistant le- resistance leader, um, the Warwicks, who were Lumbee-associated family, the Williams family, who were Choctaw and Cherokee-related from Georgia to Mississippi to Louisiana, and then some of them went up into Missouri, and so then they resettled into Louisiana and uh, East Texas with a lot of our other families. And so um, they also married into our ham- our families heavily. And then the Sweat, um, which was Elsie Sweat, who married Elizabeth Burgess, that that particular line, the male Y DNA, was an exact match to these other surname lines. 
and and we'll talk more about that in the Goins book. Um, and we have discussed it extensively on the shows here at Blog Talk. And so you can look at some of the older episodes and, and listen to those. Um, we've been doing the Blog Talk for, oh, about two years, I think, this fall. And so we have several accumulated. And so if you would like to go back and look at listen to those, you can catch up on the Goins book. But recently, we have found a descendant of Gibson Goins. And now Gibson, they call him Gip or Gib um, Goins, and he was married to Sookie. Um, they were enumerated on the Big Black Band or the Big Black River in Mississippi with a group of Choctaws there. They were known mixed bloods, but which included James, whose DNY DNA aligned from this James, his brother, um, matched exactly to the William Moses and Louisiana Hoosier line of Louisiana and as well to the Jeremiah Goins line of um, briefly in Louisiana into East Texas and South Texas who were associated with the Gary Gabehart family, who uh, was a a researcher with us for many, many years and a founding member and a Chickasaw Indian. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with him. And he, so this, this Y DNA line matched each other. And now we were very curious on the Gibson line because we have an affidavit and, and Suki did show up alone in um, Indian Territory in Oklahoma, and and she settled around the Mayhew Mission area, as well did Patsy Goins, uh, who was married to Eli Crowder. And so they were politically active families uh, in Oklahoma, you know, after final removals. But they were associated with a big black band, the excuse me, the Big Black River band of Choctaws. And so they, they, uh, this DNA, um, Marvin Goins has graciously uh, donated a sample. He is from the Gibson line. He is a Sioux Indian uh, who who is currently living at Pine Ridge. And so we, we warmly invite um, and invite him into our family as we've known that that line was related to us, but we never knew any of the family until Marvin. And so we're really grateful and he has donated his sample and uh, we will be in, uh, you know, writing about the results of which, which way did it go? Um, is he a match? Is he not a match? Uh, their families actually went up. A lot of these goings, um, and the name of my chapter in the Goins book is The Ones That Got Away. And um, it's because there was a lot of our lines who were very dark and um, and Native American associated and uh, ran away from final removals. We know that some of our people got to Tahlequah, Oklahoma, and just kept going. 
And so they were the ones that settled out at Fort Bridger, Wyoming, and ended up uh, associated with the Nez Pierce. And so there's some Williams and some Nashes that are up there and then some Bridgers that are, you know, wound up. Uh, associated with uh, Chief Joseph's people and the Nez Pierce, as well as some of the earlier connections of the the Weavers, I believe, and the Nickens. And the Nickens were settlers up at Coalville, um, as well as the Williams and the Nashes. And I'm I'm not sure if they were Shoshone, Kootenai. Um, mixtures with these mixed blood men and and families that obviously went on and they're well documented uh, uh the builders at Fort Bridger Wyoming which is just outside of Green River Wyoming within Sweetwater County and I was fortunate enough to live out there and I knew about this mixed blood group of common surnames from my families um they did wind up mixing a lot of them went you know with the uh, Nez Pierce and and were with Chief Joseph when he kind of was um, hunted throughout the um, uh, primitive areas out there where really no one had been but the Indians. And so they kind of chased them up to the Canadian border, and that's where they ended up at Colville. Um, but some of the population there around Fort Bridger, whenever Fort Bridger is, if you've ever been out to Sweetwater County, Wyoming, you know that that is a an extremely um, sparse land. And so they had run into some sweet grasses, and that's why they settled in that area. But then um, shortly after, you know, within a, not very many years, I think less than 10 years, they did disperse because the sweet grasses ran out. And so this is where we see um, this G-O-I-N-G-S line, goings line, um, kind of over there in that Wyoming because Frank uh, Gibson, or excuse me, Frank Goings, who was with the Bill Cody Wild West show uh, with his father-in-law, um, and he was a Nelson and a very curious character as well. Uh, was uh, He was born in Wyoming, so was his brother, and then they went up into Canada, and uh, we chased them up into Canada and then back into Pine Ridge. And so um, we're really curious to know that. And then the next um, exciting news is Scott Sewell's book, The Indians of Alabama Today, Guide to the State-Recognized Tribes of the Yellowhammer State. I'm so excited about this book because it's really, really a handy guide and it gives um, a lot of detail on information, you know, current information about the tribal statuses and, and it is to, uh, highlighting the um, the state-recognized tribes of Alabama Indians and their remnant groups, excuse me, their remnant groups that remain there. Um, there's also um, um, Glenn Simmons wrote the uh, introduction for this new book, uh, Alabama, uh, the Indians of Alabama today. Um, and he is from the Wild Fork community, which is not a state recognized uh, tribe, but uh, he thoroughly does a wonderful job introducing the book. And uh, we finish up with that kind of mixed blood community that doesn't exist any longer. He lives around Nashville, Tennessee, and 
and and uh, it just absolutely is a wonderful book um, compendium. And Scott does go into detail on some of the families associated with these. So he does have some genealogy and surnames in there. And the known families, you know, where he where he could put those in. Um, so it, it promises to be an exciting book, and I hope to have it out before the end of the week or this weekend. Um, we've been uh, working on it for quite a little while, and and so I had was backed up a little bit, and um, but hopefully we'll get that out really soon. And um, now I was so excited because. Pony uh, Hill, which all of you know has written for Back in Time, and he is uh, first cousin with Scott Sewell, and they both work diligently in their communities to um, advocate for, um, you know, um, their communities and, and getting their genealogy together this this spring, which was amazing. And so um, we're happy to have um this new book from Pony Hill, and he is is called The Wandering Tribe, and it is fabulous. Um, I'm really excited about this one because he does put a lot of genealogy into it, and he mentions some names and some some name places that were actually quite new to me, and so um, I, I was excited to read it, and I'm just going to give you a, a quick uh, rundown. And we do have Kevin Slayton. He is he is with us, and he's waiting patiently. Thank you, Kevin. Um, I'm sorry. I wanted to get these uh, updates done quickly, um, but uh, Pony's book should be out in you know maybe like a month. I'm hoping that everything works out well while I'm waiting for the DNA results for the Goins book because that's kind of the clincher deal um, for the final um, manuscript, uh, which Emmett Melendez is editing for us, and he is a wonderful Texas historian, and he is also a relative of the Jeremiah Goins line, so he's a good representative to to do that for us. But um, I'm going to introduce Kevin. Kevin um, got a hold of me here, I don't know, it's been a couple of months ago, and um, he introduced himself as he was um, working on um, um, a master's degree, I believe, in American history. He's working towards that, and he had a paper to write, and he was excited to write about the Red Bones and his families that were Red Bones in Louisiana and he is also related to the great Tommy Johnson, and I'm going to introduce him and let him come on in here and talk to us all about his families. But they, they live. In, he lives in Mississippi, and I believe his family remained there. So I'm going to open your mic, Kevin. Can you hear me, can Kevin? You hear me? I sure can. Can you sure hear me? Can. Yes, Excellent. I can. Thank you. Nice to hear your voice. Thank you so much for joining us all the way from California because you are actually on a vacation. That is correct. Uh, It's kind of a twofold type uh, deal where I'm doing a vacation but also doing a little bit of family uh, research. Uh, Just uh, a part of my uh, Slatton family did come out here, and this is about the second trip out here. And I'm 
actually in between a bunch of mountains, which are very nice. I was afraid that I wouldn't have connectivity, but I really appreciate first and really appreciate um, you and Scott for the invitation. Absolutely. I wanted to get you in here because that's that's wonderful that you are currently I didn't realize you were gonna kinda work some genealogy research um into you to now tell me about your Slatins that and I pronounced your name improperly and so I apologize. it's probably pronounced Slatin. Is that right? Slatin. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yes, right. ma'am. Okay. Tell me, did they go to California and uh, tell me about that, about your current research right there. Well, Ed, basically one of my um, my dad's uncles, uh, he, he came out here in somewhere in the late 20s, but he ended up, he passed away in 33, 1933. And some of his family moved back, uh, back on over to Houston. But he's buried out here in uh, Glendale. Uh, Glendale, yeah. California, which is yeah, it's a, it's it's kind of a small uh, smaller area outside of uh, Los Angeles, and that's you know I have uh, other friends and family that are here that I'm staying with, and you know just took took a little bit of time out to you know go get some tombstone photographs and you know such things like that, but um, yeah, it is it's kind of a mixture of both. Uh, vacation and genealogy. Anywhere I go, I try to find the closest uh, relative <laughs> that I may have, and see if I can get some information while I'm there. Absolutely fabulous, fabulous. I I, I was curious because um, there is um, we discovered in the Goins um, this summer we discovered in the Goins. There was a lawsuit in the 19, in like 1937, a wrangling over land that Nancy Johnson inherited, a league and labor her her heirs did. But there was a Goins that kind of followed that same path. He left uh, Ohio and he moved to California about that same era, you know, like late um, 1800s, and he passed away like early 1940s. And so mm-hmm. we had no idea, you know, the extent of the, you know, these people just really did venture out. And so that's wonderful that when you go to an area, you know, if you're going to be visiting there to include some research, you're dedicated, I can tell. And tell me about uh, the, the connections of your, now that you've got the Ask You Hunt, Lewis, I, I'm interested in the Lewis's. And then, of course, you get down and sure. into Louisiana, and you're you're you have an aunt Annette Sweat, and so you know we're always interested in the Sweats and the Rileys, of course. And mm-hmm. so, tell us all about your family, you know, the earlier ones. Sure, sure, I'll be glad. Um, it was really interesting how this played out. Uh, my undergraduate is totally in a different area than American history. But a very dear friend of mine said, why don't you, you know, you've been doing genealogy, go into American history, you can have some questions answered. And I had already been doing genealogy, um, or at least family, uh, family research for the past uh, about 20 years, about 20 years, and specifically focusing on those said families, the Lewis family, the Eskew 
and these are a part in the hunts and the bed goods. Uh, these are all my direct uh, uh, forefathers and foremothers out of southwest Louisiana. How we got back to Mississippi is, you know, it's how things happen. Um, you know, families break up, and, you know, my grandfather ended up back here where his maternal grandparents reside and where they are interred. Um, the Lewis family, uh, thank goodness, thank goodness for the dedicated work of uh, he, Dr. Tommy Johnson, who is um, who is a Lewis researcher, family researcher, and had it not been for a lot of his research through the years, um, our Lewis family probably would not have been able to have had what we have now. And to kind of uh, spin off of that, um, I know uh, Redbone researcher Don Marler used some of his, uh, some of Dr. Tommy Johnson's work uh, in his uh, book, Red Bones of Louisiana. Um, I had no idea um, the direct connection that my dad and my family had with the Redbone community there in southwest Louisiana. I knew there were a lot of Perkins, um, um, Lewis's, and everybody that were kind of close in the same vicinity. I had no idea, um, you know, that they were Redbones. Um, getting back to uh, the Lewis and Eskew families, I've been trying to research both of these families, uh, several um, several Lewis family members have graciously reached out to me and and have been wonderful in in just opening up whatever information they've got. And I just want to be able to take where Dr. Johnson left off. And you know, right. I, again, I cannot right. I cannot say how much. We appreciate his work and Don Marler's and your work that you've been doing. I know you are just as dedicated traveling to, to a lot of the, um, the courthouses, yeah. the cemeteries. And I know that you spoke yeah. about uh, the glass. Uh, uh, it's a glass cemetery over the in glass southwest Louisiana. Glass window cemetery. Yeah. Yes, as a matter of fact, Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yes, that, oh, that, as a matter of fact, that is where um, my my great aunt Ida Annette Sweat uh, is actually interred with some of her family. Um, I believe her dad, Leonard uh, Leonard Covington, uh, is there along with her mother. And I didn't realize, um, you know, when when you're young, you really don't pay attention to the the older family members sitting around the coffee table or, or the kitchen table or dining room, and they're talking kind of um, off to the side about red bone, but not speaking about it, or or the term black Dutch or black Irish. or And you never know until you get older and then you find, aha, well, it just so happened that in starting this uh, this program, Master of History program, that I began to really understand a little bit more about the family at a at a deeper level, and I'm such a novice, so new at all of this, 
nothing compared to your research that you have done through the years, uh, Dr. Johnson, uh, Mr. Marler, and such. Yes, I met Dr. Tommy. Um, we called him Dr. Tommy. <laughs> I I, yeah. uh, I had forgotten what his Johnson line was, but I think that I do have some information. And then there was another book um, that also relied heavily on his work, and that was, what was the name of that book? That was from Chattahoochee to Calcasieu. Yes, it is uh, Charles Lewis and Nancy Riley. From the Chattahoochee yeah. to the Calcasieu, if I recall, I'm uh, trying, still trying to right. get my hands on a copy of it myself. Right, right. We had discussed that if we, if anybody ever runs across mm-hmm. it while we want it, and that included the Mayo, the Alfred Mayo, and the uh, wagon train, which um, Pony and uh, Scott Sewell, Pony Hill, and Scott Sewell have written on extensively was that group out of North Florida that joined mm-hmm. the Red Bones in, in a later migration. Um, but now on the Glass Window Cemetery, see, I'm a really a novice to that too because, I mean, I always knew about the Glass Window Cemetery, but uh, the first time that I got to go was this summer when we went for the Goins Book Reunion. And I appreciate your um, you acknowledging uh, the research um, that we've done for the Redbone, you know, for the mm-hmm. Redbone people. I'm heavily, heavily descended from them. And, and so, um, and I'm like you, I've been doing genealogy research and been involved with it since I was a little girl. And, you know, we always paid attention to what, uh, maybe we kept quiet about it, but we always paid attention to what the elders were saying, and mm-hmm. and it was always mm-hmm. hushed, and it was always quiet, and and it was always we could talk about it and say things about it amongst ourselves, but we we had this unspoken rule that we did not speak about this stuff outside, but they had my families, you know, had they knew a lot, but they. We lost a lot, you know, every generation we lost because it was mm-hmm. one of a secret and something they had rather to um, shed, you know, the um, oppressions of, of of that kind of heritage. And so right. um, I, um, but to find the answers for myself, um, you know, I, it was always, you know, the, I don't know if you got this, but, you know, growing up, there was always inquisitive people around, you know, well, what are you, Mm -hmm. you know, and we Mm -hmm. always just fluffed it off Native American or, you know, and and people would buy that. That was not a problem. But, um, you know, in my years of research of the Redbone people, we are much more than just um, Native American on these shores. We were quite a mixed lot, Um, uh, you know, early, early pioneers from, you know, earliest contact down. And today we were discussing also among um, some of the group. We have a a little group that we're all in for the DNA, and it's no gatekeepers and stuff because I really got kind of tired of – 
I've been I've been social meeting for using social media as a tool to find out more because we can network and it's people like you that we meet that we add so much to our our families and so we started this little group and we were talking about the fact that some of our grandfathers had more than one wife oh, and yeah. um, <laughs> and we yes, do absolutely. have our share the outlawry, and we do have our share of a different sort of heritage than what most people are accustomed to um, and and or apply modern terms to. So we were pretty much renegades, and and that was our reputation. And so, Mm -hmm. um, but tell me about Annette Sweat. Now, was, was that her married name, or was that her maiden name? Yeah, that is her maiden name, uh, Ida Annette Sweat. She um, okay. she's the daughter. Of, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah, she's Who the one that's she? buried in Glass Cemetery. She married my grandfather's uncle, uh, Albert Brown Slatton. Uh, Albert Brown is the son of Isaac Slayton. Um, that we were just talking about. Um, uh, the luxury, uh, if I can even say the word luxury, the luxury of, or the opportunity for divorce, uh, Isaac did not quite have that. Um, the research that has been done shows that he has or had multiple families spun from South Carolina to Mississippi over to southwest Louisiana, specifically um, around the Cottle or Boyce area. I and his son, Albert Brown, is the one that married into uh, married Leonard Covington's daughter, Ida Annette, who is buried there in Glass Window Cemetery. Um, she died very young, but was able to have one daughter uh, that we know of. Her name is Mary, uh, most probably mm-hmm. named after her grandmother, Mary Groves, if I recall that's uh, her grandmother's name. Um, but yeah, yeah, she she uh, she's buried there in Glass Glass Cemetery, Glass yeah wow. Glass Cemetery. That is awesome. Yeah, I, well, of course, Elsie Sweat is there too, and um, so because see, let me see what I come through because I'm I'm the same line as that, and that is that is the line that see I come from Elsie that came to Texas. You know that ran away. Mm-hmm. And so it uh, is. After the raw it is around the. Yeah. I'm sorry. So it is the same. No, that's family okay. See, Glass Windows Cemetery was, I believe, named for. But we ha- we do have some experts on this uh, Glass Window Cemetery. You should get together. I don't know if you already have um with um. Miss <laughs> uh, Parkins, Miss Cheryl Tilly Parkins, um, she and she knows she's she's a caretaker and she's involved with the preservation of that cemetery in that area because it was a big settlement for our families and so, but mm-hmm. um, I was, um, but I wanted to figure out how we were related and, and I will in just a minute. I'm looking it up on, in my database right now, but um, that would be where we were related because. Um, 
I'm a, sure. I'm, I come from Elsie, married Elizabeth Burgess, and then they, you know, after the Rawhide fight, he ran off. But there were some mm-hmm. ladies over in the North Florida community whenever I, I went to, um, this last spring, I went to or down to Florida, the North Florida Indians Community Conference that Scott Sewell and Pony Hill um, sponsored. And they, there was several of the ladies there that were related to the Mayo train and said that several of their grandfathers went to Louisiana and then got in trouble and came back to Florida, mm. kind of like maybe an abandoned families and that some of their grandfathers. And, and I'll have to get together with Heather Fair. Um, she's uh, heavily involved with the genealogical group because we've always known we were related to the Mayo wagon train, but I could never figure out the genealogy because our families, mm-hmm. many of our families, the Red Bones, were already in Louisiana by the 1790s, see. And so mm-hmm. they came um, 50, 60 years later. And so I, I you know, they just, they knew each other, but I didn't know how we were related. We know we're related biologically. We just haven't figured out the um, genealogy yet. And uh, we're so intermarried. Now, do you find that common? Or, tell me about your Lewis family because um, – you know, like you say, Tommy Johnson has done so much work on them, but they also are. I've got some materials I'm going to send you a copy of on the, which includes a lot on the Lewis family who were. Um, they were out of. Um, a professor wrote this, and it was his family, um, but I can't um, publish it. I had it published for a little while, but then he retracted it. Um, but we can look at it privately and share it among us, but we can't publish any Absolutely. of the materials. But he's, um, but he's got extensive writings on the Lewis family who were Tuscarora, and um, so it's very, very interesting, and a lot of our familiar mm-hmm. surnames keep repeating, you know, themselves there, but uh, absolutely, right. I'll go send that to you, and maybe we can find some connections, but tell me about yours, um, about the Lewis family. Tell me about that. Sure, sure. From from what, uh, what information that we do have, um, again, we give credit to Dr. Tommy uh, for a lot of his extensive work on the family line itself. Um, a lot of the, the Lewis family came over um, supposedly uh, with the, as Don Marler quoted, uh, the Indian grandmother, uh, Cherokee Indian grandmother, which was Nancy Riley, the wife of Charles Lewis, um, some of those uh some of those children, from what I understand, did go back to where they originated from somewhere along the uh florida georgia uh line somewhere along in there. I haven't been able to locate a lot of information, and I'm sure that what information you do have may uh, uh answer those unanswered questions that I have um, I have done some work on my great-great-grandmother's side, which um, Charles Lewis and Nancy Riley had a son by the name of William David, who was 
right along the right around the youngest child, uh, one of the youngest children in his family. There was an, a Mary who was younger than him, but um, I did do a little bit of work on his wife's family, and that's where I've been uh, focusing for the past five to seven years, um, specifically tying into um, the SQs over in uh, what is called Marion County, Mississippi now. Um, the Eskew family is very, um, they're uh, throughout uh, uh, Marion County, Itawamba County, Mississippi, um, Sun, what is now Sunflower, Yazoo, all these different areas. And it's kind of hard when you have a man by the name of Henry, <laughs> you know, and you, you're trying to, wow. to map up these names. <laughs> And it's it's really difficult to do that, but yes. I did I did what. But there there is um, an interesting note when it comes to names. Pay close attention to those names uh, of the children because a lot of them are named after the places their grandparents were at, or a, a very uh, you know we all know that uh, a very important person in their family. And what's interesting Absolutely. is that. Um, I found a connection between um, my great, well, my great great grandmother um, Delaney Eskew, who married William David Lewis, the son of Nancy and Charles. I found her husband uh, Henry had also went off, supposedly went off to Texas, but I don't believe that to be so because his wife um, was a former Shannon. And basically, there was um, there was a connection between the Shannon family and the Eskew family. Both uh, were found in Itawamba County, Mississippi, but then later uh, they ended up around uh, Pineville, Sugartown, Louisiana, all that area. And Henry uh, supposedly had a, a slew of daughters. But uh, I have yet to find one male heir, but I think I've found a connection between this um, this Henry and another SQ, which is uh, up in, I think, Cato Parish, um, uh-huh. Riley SQ. So I don't quite know if they are brothers or uncles or cousins, but we know that they are connected right. because both of both of the boys – Married into the Shannon family, or Shannon Dyer, D-Y-R-E family, but the Lewises. Right. Yeah, going back to the Lewises, they some of them uh, stayed there in Southwest Louisiana. Some of the boys, from what I understand, went back to where they originated from. Um, but my particular line stayed there in Southwest Louisiana. Wow! Right. Uh, they really mm-hmm. did uh, travel around. We um, recently, in that 97 heirs of the Goins lawsuit thing, we found mm-hmm. Sam, uh, who is by affidavit the brother of old Thomas Goins, the husband mm-hmm. of Nancy Johnson Goins. Um, they had nine, there was, okay, there was nine members in the family, uh, seven children, the wife and the husband, Sam, Samuel. Mm-hmm. And there was, there was 
seven states, birth states between them. Okay, and like, but I'm mm-hmm. some of them were repetitive. Like they were in Mississippi, then two or three kids are born in Georgia, and then one of them's born in Tennessee. The father was born in Tennessee, and then they're back in. Texas. I mean, it just was crazy how these people migrated. Mm-hmm. So um, yes. they did disperse. They were nomadic in spirit. Honestly, even mm-hmm. my family, to be honest with you, my my grandfather, he was a stringer. He's a, he's a documented descendant of John Rolfe and Pocahontas. And um, mm-hmm. we lose track of them for a while, but they turned up in later on in, in Georgia, but then in te- in Texas. But mm-hmm. uh, there's mm-hmm. big gaps, and the way it is in, in some, of course, in the Civil War took a lot of our, of our courthouses out where we don't, yep. you know, sometimes can't ever replace that. And you and I have talked about their special collections for the Mississippi Territory and um the Natchez mm-hmm. Trace and things like that, and you live remotely close to like Hattiesburg, where there's a big collection of Mississippi territorial papers, and then we've got yes. Tom Kingery very close to Austin, which surprisingly Austin inherited um, one of the most, the largest collection of Mississippi territorial papers, which was. Um, called it's called the Natchez Trace Collection, and I mean there's even books written on it because they have not recorded uh, even a great portion of that collection yet, and they've had it wow. for 25 or 30 years now. The University of Houston, mm-hmm. or excuse excuse me, um, I believe it's Stephen F. Austin at Austin. Or something. I can't. I'm sorry. I'll try to put the link up. But um, you know, this is this is when we're looking at these nomadic people in this this tribal context. See, this is where people like yourself and 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 myself and the research from Dr. Tommy uh, really has, and and Don Marler and all of those that came before us, but. Um, really helps because able to pull this massive amount of material together. And so uh, we're connecting the dots back to the families. And that my greatest goal is that I can see that these families are related uh, from the early Virginias. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. Present. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. so great. It's so great to have you. And tell me about um, also on your Johnson, Dr. Tommy Johnson, and or do you share that line with him? or? Um, I share, well, Dr. Tommy Johnson comes out of um, my great-great-grandfather's brother. There were, my great-great-grandfather was William David. Um, his family comes out of William Wiley, if I'm if I'm correct, um, I know Miss Carolyn, um, which I believe you know Miss Carolyn. She she is out of that family, and and she can actually verify that I believe that he's out of that family, the brother to my great great grandfather. So they too share that same that same line of Charles Lewis and Nancy Riley. I see. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And then I, I don't know. 
um, of course, um, the sweat DNA on your Leonard Covington comes back, you know, that matches these Goins and the Powells and all of that. And see, mm-hmm. I'm a sweat too, but I'm a sweat like two or three ways. And so I'm right. a Goins four or five ways, and I'm a Nash four or five ways. And um, I do have Williams in there. And, and so I'm, when I thought that I was heavily related and that my my poor old tree grows straight up, it really certainly does. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's wonderful to be, I mean, I'm sorry, but I just get overwhelmed with this new DNA study. It's really, I mean, I it was blowing my mind how much I was related, but now that we get these identical matches to others, grandfathers that I'm related to multiple ways. It's really just kind of overwhelming. But Johnson, I'm a Johnson too. And so Mm -hmm. uh, I come Mm -hmm. from me, Johnson, who was the daughter of um, Gibson Johnson. And so this is Mm -hmm. another reason why the the Johnsons were important to me. I'm not, I'm going to have to go back and look and see where that Johnson's fit in. And what did you say you thought his name was? The Johnson. Uh, the, John, the Johnson heir, the Johnson family, I am unsure of. Uh, I would have to go back okay. on uh, Ancestry. Um, I've That's had my Ancestry yeah. tree up for about, for almost about 10 years. Um, okay. I would have to go back and see which line uh, uh, Dr. Johnson's line comes out of. Um, I'm pretty right. sure that if you get in touch with Miss Carolyn, which I think we're both right. uh, connected with her on social media, I'm very sure she would be able to tell you the uh, the male Johnson line that he comes out of. I know his his mother is the a part of the Lewis my Lewis family, and that's how she kind of he kind of ties into our families through his mother. But I'm sure, I'm very right. sure, uh, Ms. Carolyn would be able to um, help you. I wish I had access to Internet, uh, but what I can tell you is that I definitely can shoot you uh, any information once we uh, get off the air. Okay. That's wonderful. And just, just, you know, just give me a basic sketch there, you know, on some of these families that we've talked about, and I will include those mm-hmm. in the um, – we'll build a web page about this um, – this radio show today, and it'll Absolutely. include some of this stuff. That, and then I also wanted to put you in touch with um, Tom Kingery, who was on the show uh, a couple of weeks ago. He also shares that Lewis line, and I'm he. I think he said he was he had bed good too, or or I could be mistaken, but um, mm-hmm. I, you know I'm on you in touch on social media with him as well because he is fluent in all of these families like Carolyn is because Carolyn has worked tirelessly to pull these families together and she is DNA and have you DNA? Great question. Right? Uh, actually no. Actually I have not and I will tell you why. I want to uh, I'm planning on trying to get uh, a DNA test for my dad, you know, who is 
he's owned up in years, but he's still he's still alive, still living and kicking. And I I would like right. to be able to get since I believe he is the last um, his mother's line ends with him. If I understand uh, the DNA correctly, yeah, I want to test right. him. I want to test him. My Slatin line uh, has already been tested through DNA, and it goes back to uh, Arthur Slatin and Rachel Murphy, uh, or Murfield or Murphy, over in Virginia, somewhere around wow. the middle 1700s. So it has already been um, been tested. They did come through Georgia. The names changed um, drastically, and it goes back to you know, when when you are not afforded the luxury of being able to divorce, you kind of, uh, what I believe, you kind of alter that name a little bit. <laughs> so that way you're not right. caught, you know. So, um, exactly. yeah, it, that line, uh, and definitely, definitely I de- would like to get my dad tested so that way he can, yeah. those results well and 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 it's all such a new science for everyone and applying it to our genealogy is also a whole nother science that I have yet to learn uh, a lot of these ladies that are on our group um they uh, they have done this and they know how to do all of these things I was watching some videos and I'm trying to catch up but um I I was old school and we started Y DNA years ago just to make matches, you know, um, mm-hmm. because we weren't sure who was who. And, um, you know, to establish haplogroup, you know, where did this family uh, origin? That's another thing mm-hmm. about the sweat, the Powells and the Warwicks and the Goins and one, de- <coughs> excuse me, one genetic distance from the Perkins, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. they haven't, they have an Egypt North North African haplo, and so we know that these men likely did not come with a European surname to these lands. Right, right. <laughs> and so that is another concept that is a little bit uh, treacherous to try to understand and apply to our genealogy. We have to kind of remember we can't think in a normal mm-hmm. gen genealogical research, you know, type that we're taught. Um, We have to account for oral traditions and and for Mm -hmm. um, DNA. And so I I can't wait. I hope that you will DNA and your dad. And um, what was his maternal line, did you say? His, uh, my dad's maternal line is the Lewis family. Um, Both the Lewises and the Slattons, were out of, you know, southwest Louisiana, Sugartown, Leesville, um, that area. My, right. my, my mother's side is really from over – they were from North Carolina. Actually, they date back to the Huguenots, the Bilbo family. The Bilbos in Mississippi, right. unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, the Bilbos in Mississippi, without getting into any kind of politics, um, they do not um, – uh, how do I best say this? They are not as culturally tolerant. Anyone who right. is not of their culture. So that right. was um, early 1900s, and really, 
uh, it was due to the to one man who had a political clout here in our, our in Mississippi, and it kind of yeah. gave the family a bad name. But uh, I will say this: the Bilbo's, uh, the Bilbo family has uh, migrated along with several other families, the Stockstills, um, the Eskews, the same Eskew family, I believe, that uh, landed over in Sugartown. But they they ended up, they went over into Angelina, uh, Texas, Angelina County, Texas, and, and Houston, that area. And Houston is actually where my great-great-grandfather, excuse me, my great-grandfather uh, ended up passing away. But, again, the the... My my own maternal side kind of stayed around here in in this area. Some people call it uh, South Mississippi. Some weathercasters uh, call it the landmass between Mobile and New Orleans. But it, you know, it's, yeah. it's old history. Is is yeah. it was an, an independent territory of West Florida. Um, so it, it has a lot of history and a lot of character. Um, there were a lot of Choctaw, and my my yeah. maternal side actually came out of that uh, that Choctaw area, uh, Choctaw line as well, uh, because the very right. the the county that this the little uh, uh, community that I reside in um, used to be a Choctaw com, uh, community itself until you know of course the. Uh, migration of immigrants that came in, uh, white immigrants, and of course they moved off. But yeah, it's yeah. it's really interesting how um, you know you do you do the genealogy on paperwork, but definitely the DNA is with it exploding um, with with good information that you know we can't find on paper. You know, like you said before. Uh, Around around the the Civil War area, you know, there were a lot of things that were burned that we no longer have, yeah. um, and that and especially after Hurricane Katrina hit the coast. Um, yeah, I, the reason why I really wanted to go into uh, digitizing tombstones, uh, marriage license, and stuff like that by photographing it and and kind of cataloging it um, was for that for that very reason. When the um, yeah, when yeah. Katrina when Katrina came up, uh, there were a lot of um, uh, a lot of uh, flooding in this you know in our area, mm-hmm. but thank goodness we didn't lose a lot of stuff. So so anyway, off the subject on that, but I'm sure you'll got me yeah, back on to it. <laughs> absolutely, it's, yeah. But this is this is exactly why we're going to get a lot further than any of the other researchers or eras before us. Bless their hearts, they did not have this this type of, of, of technology where we can uh, go out and even if we don't have a document, we can take a picture and um, we can digitize that and we can transcribe things because I know I've got about a thousand feet, literally, mm-hmm. of paper document that I have pulled over the years but I have never touched again because I just am one person. And so um, this is a really important thing that we digitize things and that we get it where it can into editable text Um, because it's of no use to us 
unless it is editable text or a document that we can transcribe. And so, um, you know, and then to keep those things and to share those things between us because I had a fire. We had Katrina, you guys had Katrina, you know, and other, you know, natural disasters that we really, mm-hmm. you know, can't uh This is this is one of my main goals is to want, and all of these records are rare records from collections that I spoke of earlier, the Natchez Trace and Mississippi Territorial Papers mm-hmm. out of Jackson, Hattiesburg, and, right. and, and places that and um, from the um, Choctaw and Chickasaw Nation uh, on the Natchez Trace, I I went to every forest ranger and and office and um, just poured over their vertical files and it took them it took them like six months to get me everything I wanted. But what was so wonderful about them is uh, they uh, it's free to the people and so um, all of this was the courtesy their department and you are in a vitally important area that you talk about between New Orleans and Mobile because now this is the Indian old fields. Um, this area was settled very, very early by some of our people, like the Chastangs and the Sizemores and the Johnsons mm-hmm. and um the Halls and uh people families like that that are you know, a very bit prominent mixed blood Indian. But let me tell you something also about Old Mobile, and I have spent a lot of time there researching. Um, but a lot of the material is in French, and some of it's in English, and some of it's in Spanish, and some of it's in, you know, um, right. Right. these lit reports of Natchez and things like this. And so um, I have so much on this. I really wish I could get to it one day, maybe when I get done with the Goins book. Um, <laughs> we'll get that done. But <laughs> I, I'm sure right, hoping. Right. But, you know, there needs to be um, – I'm so glad to meet you, and I'm so glad to include you with our family because uh, you're vitally important to the the furtherment of, of our group and of our heritage and so I so appreciate you as well but Mobile Old Mobile I'm going to get back there because there is a truckload of info down there on these Mm -hmm. remnant gypsies and Jews who were outcasts from Europe the um, Old Mobile Bay Old Mobile is older than New Orleans Port of New Orleans it is where all the Exactly. It's where all these Spanish ships, um, besides Charleston, in South Carolina and along the Florida coast, they would dump these boatloads of undesirable people. And and earlier it was to support their mission systems. But then when we Mm -hmm. went through the Inquisition times, between 1400s and in the late 1600s, even into the 1700s, uh, the Harrisay courts came as far as Natchitoches, Louisiana. A lot of people wow. do not understand that. Okay, so this was not part of the United States colonies. You know, this was a mm-hmm. whole other ballgame that was settled way, way long before the colonists moved in to the east coast of the Virginia colonies. And so a lot of my 
uh, ancestors actually came out of that Mobile area uh, who were remnant um, gypsies and Jews and even Natchitoches at Fort Las Adeas. Um, every mm-hmm. almost every one of the almost every one of the soldados that are listed at Las Adeas, Natchitoches, Louisiana, were actually Converso Jews who changed wow. their names, and they knew who they were. And so these this is part of my heritage, the Redbone heritage, your heritage, is, is people mm-hmm. like the Canary Islanders who were brought into San Antonio just to build the mission system. And so this is part of our heritage, too, that, that we share and is unlike a lot of American or col- colonial uh, Virginia uh, settlers and, and people who came out of that area. So uh, we we've got some deep ancestry over there where you're at, and so it doesn't surprise me that your families remained there in that area, and that is so interesting. And the Bilbo's, I know that that you said that he was he was a was he a governor? Yes, um, my great grandfather's brother um, is uh, Theodore Bilbo. He was he was a very um, Outspoken and very, he was very radical in his uh, belief, and he, he was he has a racist um, policies, and you know understanding the time of the early 1900s and and what was going on at that time, and of course Mississippi, and you know it's kind of like one one hand in another. Um, right. It, it, yeah. It and he, I will say that he's not uh, indicative of our entire of our entire Bilbo family because I wouldn't want to get uh, jumped after the program. <laughs> you know. Right. Um, right. No. 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 But, right. Uh, but I'm but, I'm know, curious because I have I have I think you're right about those Bilbos are probably where what where did where do they come from? Where does the Bilbo, because I have an idea of where that surname comes from, and it might be very different mm-hmm. from what is true. So tell me, the, what is their origin? Well, uh, according to uh, Polly Ray, uh, she did. She was actually hired by Governor Bilbo uh, to do a Bilbo and Ken book, which was put out in the early 70s, or early 70s, uh, uh, late 70s. Um, she traced the Bilbo family back to Spain. Um, yeah, that's what Bilbao, I Bilbao, and yeah. of course they ended up uh, migrating up into France uh, when the French uh, Huguenots, to, you know, came over here. They were part of that, you know, and they hit they hit America, then moved uh, south from Virginia um, down to Mississippi. Don't know why. They moved this far south, but um, of course, again, they uh, some stayed here, uh, some went off to Texas, but then came back because they didn't. I guess they did, couldn't um, make it out there. But well, some of some of the Bilbo. What I know of the Bilbo family, and and you're right about that. She was correct in their migration from they they somehow 
came out of Spain or but there's some DNA out there on that family that might prove that they were either they were uh Jewish mhm uh Jewish and they kind of uh followed the migration also with the gypsy group but as far as I knew mm-hmm. the Bilbo family was gypsy surname and so I, yeah. I don't really know because see, the gypsies and the Jews had such a close tie um, in their migrations. They were alike people, but they weren't the same. And so, um, right. They, but they did migrate out of Egypt and things like that together and out of, you know, so um, who knows? But I w- I, I'm going to look it up. <laughs> I'm going to look Good. it up. But Good. I'm, darn sure that Ian Hancock, who is a professor at the University of Texas on gypsy studies, he absolutely says that, uh, I think he believe, I think he includes the Bilbo in some of the old Spanish gypsy surname list. So, um, wow, that's, that's interesting. very interesting. Yes, very it interesting. Is very I, know, interesting. I know they didn't stay here. I know that. Right. Well, at least some of them right. Well, and so also you have to remember, too, that uh, as far as, you know, the racist situation goes, you know, we have a lot of our families that they did that. Uh, it seemed mm-hmm. like when they kind of got white enough, they, they did join some hate groups and things like this because I don't know if it was for self-preservation um, yeah. You know, I don't know. I, I'm not trying to make it for them or anything remotely close to that. But I do know that mm-hmm. we lived under oppression for so, so long. And mm-hmm. um, once you feel freed or, or from that, you know, I know we have we have family members who did join hate groups and were very racist people. And mm-hmm. so I'm right. sorry for that. But no, it's, we can't get over it. But um and they were definitely not lily white by any way, shape, or form. So, right, um, right. But they fitting into mainstream society and, um, you know, the norms and, and things like mm-hmm. that. So I right. give them a little break, but not much anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we've had our experiences definitely with those hate groups among the Red Bones, and we experienced some some turbulent times not very long ago and what shocked me right. the most about it is is they were our own you know uh-huh. they were our own people but but out of self preservation they felt the need to disown or you know any kind of relationship mm-hmm. towards them. We've we've found out since then there was difference but um Right. And right. we talk about that we talk about that phenomena. It's like today we were talking about to these ladies over here on the on our little group DNA group that we've got going. Um, I think you're part of that, aren't you? I believe so. I believe so. Yeah. I don't so, know what we I'm were reading, talking about. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we yeah, it, we really kind of we're getting a little bit off. Um, we we should. Reserve the genial. I should add genealogy to that title because that's where it's all going. And and anybody can try mm-hmm. um can try to find it. It's it's called um oh goodness. Let me go over here and find it because I it's um 
it's um, Redbone and Melungeon DNA Truthers, Descendants Only, No Gatekeepers. And I'll probably change that name to be a little more polite, but it's a closed group, and and we ask only descendants, uh, you know, apply because we don't want to – we don't want outsiders at this point because it seems that mm-hmm. they're just more curious than they are contributing, and we don't have a lot right. of time for all of that. And we don't also have a lot of time for political correctness as far as mm-hmm. discussing research matters, and these are our families, so we feel at liberty to discuss any of these sort of sensitive issues uh, with the race or culture or nationality or what have you. And so um, because it is part of our heritage and we can't get by it, we we, right. just, we have right. to address it. And so that's the most important and um, is that we do finally, this generation, me and you, we are going to talk about it. And we're not going to sweep it under the carpet any longer because it's too important to too many people, you know, at this point that – that we acknowledge and, and find a, a yeah. So I appreciate you so much, and um, I, I so appreciate you taking the time out of your trip and and to go and research for your family. And please do let me know how it all turns out, and keep up with us, and um, uh, you know, come back and do an update if you find any some great info and and share with us again and. Um, we welcome you to the family, and um, because I'm, I I'm, certainly I, will. I remember, I remember Dr. Tommy. He was, I, I, he was very. I was very impressed. I, I just met him the one time. He came to the first. He came to the first Redbone Heritage Foundation meeting in Alexandria, Louisiana, and I don't think he spoke, mm-hmm. or maybe. Did. I, I was so busy at that one and everything was so new and I was the secretary and I was flying around there, but I do remember and Dr. Kennedy was there and uh, Wayne Winkler was there and, um, you know, great researchers like um, like them were sharing with us on our families and so, um, and I know Dr. Kennedy is on our group, but he of course does not. Uh, participate in the so because he's had an aneurysm and a stroke and I hope that everyone will buy his books because he was uh, absolutely uh, we call him the Messiah <laughs> of the <laughs> millennial people <laughs> because yeah. he really gave yeah. us our break you know and um, like Tommy Johnson and Don Marler you know they open these doors for us and so we have to continue the work and I'm so proud of you and and your efforts to to do and your offer to help research because we can always use a hand with that mm-hmm. and your dedication Absolutely. to digitizing. And well, we sure appreciate you, brother. So glad I you appreciate were able it. to make Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate I really, really do want to uh, to name drop again. I just I appreciate, you know, Don the work of Don Marler, you know, uh Doctor Tommy cool. Did so much. You taking your life and and helping others to be able to find theirs. That's that's very yeah. very very commendable, Miss um, Carolyn, um, and of course Miss Cheryl uh, Perkins, who you said is, is still 
caretaking and working with this uh, glass cemetery, this glass, uh, I want to call it glass cemetery. Uh, It's those small things that that help uh, maintain a culture, help maintain a family, history and lineage. Anything that we ourselves can do for our great-grandchildren and our nieces and nephews, that's what I would like to do, and, and especially and if it ties over to where the community can benefit from it, then then all is well, you know. And, again, I so appreciate you and Scott uh, and your program here. Thank you so much, Kevin, and you have a wonderful vacation, um, and we'll be speaking to you soon, brother. Thank you. Thank you. You have an awesome afternoon, okay? You too, sweetie. Thanks so much. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Bye-bye. That's going to conclude our um, episode for today, which was scheduled to be released last week and uh, from Legacy and Identity with Kevin Slayton. And we shall see you next time. Thank you again for joining us.